Welcome to your journey of healing with the Healing Podcast, hosted by licensed clinician Monique Oway and co-host Dr. Amber Moan. Thank you for tuning in to the Healing Podcast. I am your host, Monique Oway, and I am joined by my lovely co-host here, Dr. Amber Moan. Okay, so today's topic is anxiety. So, you know, when we think about anxiety, just want to go ahead and let you know, you know, when people are anxious, you know, their mind tends to travel down a rabbit hole of thoughts. Like one thing leads to the next thing and then on to the next thing. And then so we hopefully want to help people today with those who suffer from anxiety or moments when you're anxious. So before we get into that, let me just give you an actual definition of anxiety, which can be it's a feeling of worry, nervousness, you're uneasy. Typically, it's about things that, you know, have not happened yet. It's an uncertain outcome. So basically, things that you're not sure about, we get anxious about sometimes. So in other words, it's very much centered around things that have not necessarily happened yet, or you just don't know if that's true. So that's the way anxiety kind of works. And then a person can work themselves up about it because you just, it's the unknown. So if I could ask you, Dr. Moan, you know, what are some causes to anxiety, would you say? Oh, good question. Childhood trauma, either physical or emotional abuse, mental health or disorders, something like depression, a big event, or just even something simple as stress. Yep, that's very true, Dr. Moan. You know, those things, all those things can, you know, lead to anxiety. And then also, you know, if I can add, you know, some other things that, you know, how about this? You know, life in general can be stressful, right? Yeah. And that can cause us to be anxious sometimes. I think just recently, you know, this pandemic that we're still going through, we're not really all the way out of the woods yet. The COVID pandemic caused a lot of people anxiety because for various and obvious reasons, you know, just the hustle and bustle of life, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, lack of confidence if you can complete a task and you're worried about that task or going into an environment that you're unsure about, that can lead to anxiety as well. And a lack of finances sometimes because you're unsure how you're going to pay that bill or take care of your family or even yourself. And that can lead to anxiety. So though, definitely those are some things. So I, I think if those are things that you're experiencing, you're just anxious about things, you're nervous about things, not sure about things, we want to hopefully help you today. So those can be some causes. I'm sure there's many more, but those are some general causes to anxiety. Oh, and you know what? Some health conditions. Sometimes when you have a health condition, right, Dr. Moan, you're unsure mm-hmm. with the diagnosis. You go mm-hmm. some blood work done and they say you got to wait three days for the results. And you're like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. what am I going to do with that? So, you know, you know, what can happen, Dr. Mo, would you say when people are anxious? So we've talked about things that mm-hmm. can happen when someone is anxious and what may have caused it. What are the results of it? Like what happens when we're anxious, Dr. Moan? Are we able to complete tasks like normal tasks? Hardly, barely. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, you can't. That's right. Exactly. We can't complete things mm-hmm. like things that become second nature to maybe someone else, to a person who may be suffering from anxiety. It's it's a big task. Mm-hmm. And then you end up beating yourself up about it because you can't complete that task. That seems so simple, right? Like, for example, washing the dishes can be something. And then next thing you know, you have dishes piled up in your sink. And just looking at those dishes there, that's even creates more of a, a anxiety there because you're looking at all those dishes and how am I going to get it done? Or maybe washing and folding clothes. You know, I don't, if, unless you're a person who loves folding clothes mm-hmm. and washing, mm-hmm. putting things away, when you have a ton of clothes to wash, right, Dr. Moan, mm-hmm. then you see them. Now I got to fold all these clothes. Now I got to put them all away. You know, cleaning your house overall, that can be cause anxiety. And then, you know, next thing you know, it's cluttered and now you don't know how to organize it and your room is cluttered maybe. And that space in general, that space being cluttered can also add to your anxiety. But that ends up being a symptom of your anxiety because you just don't know how to organize it. You know, another thing, Dr. Moan, as you get older, you ever wonder when you were younger, 
you might have been okay with a task. But then when you get older, you can't do that task. For example, some people might have been okay when they were younger driving on interstates or highways or driving at a fast pace. But when they get older, they find they can't get on the highway anymore. You know, Dr. Maybe after, maybe after an accident, would you say? You yes, know, makes you not. accident or your vision is not what it used to be. And so, you know, when cars are coming, you know, the opposite way, that, that light in your eye yep. cause, can cause anxiety. Yep, exactly, exactly. You know, and then, you know, just about, you know, being in crowds of people sometimes, mm-hmm. you're, not, you're not comfortable with crowds of people. Maybe before a concert might not have been a big thing. You love a concert, but now a concert is just a little bit too much. Work can be too much. Dr. Mo, what about being a mom or dad? Cause that could that cause anxiety? <laughs> yes, definitely can cause you know can cause anxiety. You know what would you say, Doctor, about a parent? What would cause anxiety about being a parent? Oh my goodness! You know, say your 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 child gets hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe in the sport or something. So then you know you're on edge every time you see them. You know, go and after they've healed and are back playing the sport, that causes anxiety watching them. You know, it's always yes. in your mind like, oh my goodness, he you know he went up again, he, he fell again. You know, though that can cause anxiety with everything going on with these school shootings and, you know, trusting yes. your kids to go to school or, you know, when they get to the age where they want to go out and hang out with friends in a car or, you know, just giving them the keys to your car at six, you know, 16, 17 years old, that can cause anxiety because, you know, they're not thinking like you do. You know, you remember mm-hmm. when you were that age, so mm-hmm. on and so forth. So it's hard being a parent. And so <laughs> <laughs> I think so. All the parents out there first week. Kudos, right? Because it is hard being a parent and you're trying to juggle all these things. Like Dr. Moan said, you want your, well, here's the thing. You want your child to be okay, right? You love your children. You don't want anything bad to happen to them. And as parents, you want to protect Mm -hmm. them, right? If you're a parent, you want to protect your child, but can you protect your child in everything? Because you can't be with them 24 seven, unfortunately, you just can't. So that there worries you, you know, and then you start blaming yourself like, well, maybe I should have did this and maybe I should have did this better or maybe I shouldn't have let them go on that trip or not go on that, join that sport. So you're just, all those things are, you know, can create anxiety for you. So it's normal, meaning it's a normalized response to things. We don't want you to feel like this is necessarily normal life for you because you may not feel that way. But what we're saying is it's a normal response to things because life can be difficult and things we cannot control can create those moments of anxiety. Doesn't necessarily mean you have a actual condition of anxiety or diagnosis, but I think we all can say we have moments when we're a little uneasy and anxious, right? But then for those who have a actual condition of it, when they have to get diagnosed with it because they've been suffering from it for a while and they just, you know, it's very difficult for them to function. Yes, you may have a diagnosis of generalized anxiety or panic disorder or things like that. So today, hopefully we're going to help you with that today. If you're feeling these things, we just want you to know that, you know, there is uh, help and things you can do about it. Dr. Moment, right now, anything else about the causes of anxiety so far or the symptoms of it so far, thus far? No. Okay. All right. So then you know what? What I think right now then is what we can do is we are going to continue to discuss this topic of anxiety and what happens. But before we do that, I think we're going to go ahead and take a quick segue here. For our listeners, you know, we do a quick segue and we talk about, you guessed it, the situation. So, Dr. Mo, what is our situation for today? Thank you, Monique. So, here's our situation. Dear Healing Podcast, I am not all that proud of my past. Years ago, I had a pretty severe addiction to cocaine. I went into treatment. I have now been clean for four years. I have a sponsor and a therapist I see on and off. I have been single for the past four years and nothing too serious, but now I feel like I'm ready for a serious relationship. My question is how soon should I tell the person I decide to date about my history with addiction? 
do I need to tell them at all? So I think this is a great question. And I think that a lot of people, you know, have this same question. So let me start off by answering your question. Yes, when you become serious with somebody, it is important for you to let them know about your addiction. One thing about addiction, drug addiction, is that, you know, you're in recovery. You haven't used in four years. So you are a recovering addict. That's always going to be a part of you. I think it's great that you have a sponsor. And I think it's great that you have, you know, you do individual counseling. And I hope that you are also attending meetings. But this is always going to be a part of you, you know. So it's important that when you find somebody that you want to share the rest of your life with or you want to get serious with, you know, this is not something that you can keep from them, you know, because I'm, my fear is, number one, if you, you know, tell them, you don't tell them, okay, you're still seeing an individual counseling counselor for it. You're still, you're still, you're still talking to a sponsor. So you're keeping that part away from them. Either they're going to be like, okay, who are you talking to or where are you going? You know, that's going to cause issues, you know, so you, you know, you just want to, you just want to be open and honest. It doesn't define you. It's not who you are. It's just a part of your past and just, you know, put yourself on the other side of things. Would you want to know your partner's, you know, past when it comes to something like this is, you know, it's, it's important that you're, you know, open and honest. Now you talked about how soon if you do tell them, well, I don't suggest you tell them on the first date. However, you know, you definitely want to, you know, include that in once, you know, you see that this person is, you know, someone you'd like to pursue a relationship with, hopefully early, you know, in, in, in you know, when you're dating and things of that nature, you do want to, you do want to um, talk to them about that. So, you know, they can, everything is out on the table and they can make an informed decision on if they want to move forward. So that's my response. What do you think, Monique? Okay. Thank you for writing into the healing podcast. We appreciate you sharing your story. Congratulations on your recovery, four years clean. That's a great accomplishment. So please do not minimize that accomplishment for yourself. I'm just going to kind of piggyback on what Dr. Moan said. Uh, first, you don't have to tell them on the first date. That's not something I think you have to share on the first date. But I think after a f- few dates, when you know you kind of are interested when you're anticipating seeing this person again, yes, you should share it. Because here's the thing, if you keep that from them, will that cause you guilt? because you keep something from them. And you know how that can be when you have excessive feelings of guilt. Will that trigger a thought to maybe want to pick up, right? So, you know, as in your meetings, as in recovery and therapy, you should be honest because the burden of keeping things a secret is a big weight to carry and it could lead you back to or lead you down a road of relapse. And we don't want that for you. So if you're worried about will people judge you if you share it, Some may, but that might not be the person for you. And it's better to find out early than later. So maybe around, if I had to give a number, I think you just have to, you have to determine that for yourself. But I think maybe after the third date, if you guys are going out on three dates, you could probably both like each other enough. It might be worth telling them, hey, let me just share part of my past. And this is what I'm going through to maintain it. And they will make the decision to go on. So that's how that will go. And if they decide not to, no, no issue there. You go on to the next person. Because someone will be accepting of it and they will understand. Okay. So I hope that helped you. And I thank you again for writing into the healing podcast. And before we jump into our back into our topic for today of anxiety, just want to give a mention to our sponsor, which is healingexpressionsllc.com. If you are looking for therapeutic services in the Atlanta or Georgia area, please go to healingexpressionsllc.com. Hit the contact tab and see if you can set up a therapeutic session today. All right. So back into the topic of anxiety, we've talked about what anxiety is, what it can look like, what are some causes, and 
we want to go ahead and help you with not only those things there, but what you can do to kind of hopefully deal with those symptoms or with that condition. But first, before I tell you about the coping, I want to tell you that what can end up happening, you know, kind of like the actual symptom of anxiety. I didn't go into that. We didn't go into that too deeply. So a symptom of anxiety, just to let you know, not only remember we told you the house might be cluttered, the dishes might be in the sink, the laundry might not be done, or you have a pile of it just sitting around. That can be a symptom of it. But also another symptom of anxiety or other symptoms are, you know, you might have panic attacks. You might end up sweating a lot. You're trembling in situations. You have an increased heart rate. You're overall, you're just uneasy right? You might become agoraphobic where you don't want to go outside. You have a fear of going outside. So you have stayed inside sometimes for years. You know, Dr. Mon, there are some people who never leave the home. I think another example, you know, just to give you a visual, there are many movies, but I don't know if you've seen the movie a while ago, a long time ago, I guess it, it was in the nineties, The Net with Sandra Bullock. Do you remember that movie? If you ever, I don't know if you ever saw that movie, Dr. Mon. She never left the house. And well, nowadays it's kind of like it seems normal because a lot of us are working from home since the pandemic, but she didn't leave the house. You know, she stayed in, she ordered everything in, she had everything delivered. And it's not that you can't function that way because yes, technology has now allowed that to be the case, but it becomes an issue where you just can't leave. And I'm not going to say she necessarily suffered from anxiety. I don't remember why she stayed in, but an example was she just was, everything was to the house. And what happens is, the day that you do have to leave, like you, let's say you have to go in for a surgery or something, you have to leave. It's a big workup uh, for you to actually leave and get that treatment. So we don't want you to have to feel like your home is the only safe place for you, right? So if you're feeling that way, we just want to help you today to hopefully, you know, let you know. Yes, those feelings that you're feeling, those symptoms. Yeah, that's what happens when you have anxiety. So if you were questioning, do I have anxiety? Am I suffering from it? Those might be some of the symptoms you might be experiencing, you know, and we want to hopefully uh, help you. Dr. Mo, any other symptoms you can think of when it comes to actual anxiety, what it might look like? Um, no, uh, sleep problems, yep. feeling weak or tired. Yep. But for the most part, you know, what you gave was good. Okay. All right. So, you know, if that is what, they, what you're experiencing, well, let's go ahead and try to help and give you some healing techniques, some coping uh, mechanisms to deal with it. Okay. So I want to start with saying, one, sometimes if you're suffering from it, some people will take medication and that is okay. If you need to be on medication to keep yourself calm, that is all right. I'm not going to promote any particular medication, but I do want to mention something. If you are on medication from it, I will hope that it's prescribed by an actual prescriber, that you're not just taking something that a friend told you, hey, you should take this because some of those medications need to be monitored because if you start it, you can't just stop it, especially the benzos, which are many times used for anxiety, like the Xanax and the clonopins, things like that. If you start those dosages, you want to be weaned off a certain way, not just stop them because sometimes the stopping can have an adverse effect. But there are other things that you may be taking. So I just want to say, hopefully you're with a physician or a psychiatrist. I'm going to promote therapy here to help you organize your thoughts, to help normalize your thoughts, right? So I'm going to always promote therapy because Dr. Mona and I are clinicians and we're going to promote therapy. But another thing, just normal, take deep breaths. When you find yourself getting worked up, take a deep breath and just pause for a moment. Stay physically active, exercise, take walks. Walking is very helpful for anxiety because it gets you focused on the walk. The problem starts to flutter your mind or clutter your mind. Take a walk. It's very therapeutic sometimes for walking. Uh, you want to avoid alcohol and other recreational drugs that can lead to other conditions that can create anxiety. Cut back on the smoking of cigarettes, lessen your caffeine. Some people are suffering from anxiety because you have too much caffeine intake. 
If you're drinking four cups of coffee within the first two hours of your day, that might cause some of your anxiety or energy drinks or too many Red Bulls, things like that. That can be leading to your anxiety because you're too hyped up and it's causing your body to respond that way. So I want you to drink plenty of water, eat healthy, make sleep a priority. That might be a struggle, but you can talk to your doctor about a proper sleep aid for you if that is the case. Dr. Mo, would you, Sarah, how about some other healing techniques? Anything you can think of, Dr. Mo, that can help someone when they're anxious? Yes. Well, I think it's important to, to not wait to get help. You know, like a lot of, you know, other mental conditions, it can be harder to treat, you know, um, if it, you know, if you're trying to do it on your own, you know, if you find like, you know, the deep breathing and eating healthy and things are not working, go and get help, go and talk to somebody. And I think it's important too to stay active, you know, continue to do, you know, things that you enjoy, things that relax you, you know, keep those relationships. Don't, you know, isolate because it can make your anxiety worse. So I would just add those two. Definitely. Thank you, Dr. Mo, for that. Those are very good coping mechanisms for your anxiety. Uh, I want you to also identify your triggers. So here's the thing. If you know there is a particular situation or person that triggers those moments of anxiety, you may want to consider, yes, staying away from those situations or those people. Because sometimes it's just making a choice of what's better for you, what's healthy for you. Some people do need to be cut out of your life because they might be creating too much anxiety. Now, we're not saying like your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend, but it just depends. If they really are a negative person causing you to feel this way, you have to just think, is that person good for me right now? Or is this situation or event good for me to go to? You don't have to go to every birthday party, every wedding, every celebration that your family or friend has. Sometimes it's okay to say no and they'll be okay. They will enjoy their function just the same. Another thing I wanted to tell you is stay in the moment. Sometimes with anxiety, we start thinking about one thing, then we think about another thing, then we think about another thing. Bring yourself back and pause. Focus exactly about what's in front of you. If you start thinking about all the bills that you have to do, stay right there in front of you. Look at what's right there in front of you at that particular moment to bring your mind back to the place where you are right now versus those things that have not yet necessarily happened yet, right? And one other thing I like to tell people to do or to make a list of positive things, positive events, things that make you smile, music that calms you, whatever. Just make a list of the title of the song or the show or the things that make you smile or just keep you calm, right? Either keep that list in your phone or just write it down on a piece of paper and fold it up and keep it in your wallet. And those moments when you get very anxious, pull out that list and focus on at least one thing on that list because what'll happen is it'll train your mind to focus on that thing You'll think about that thing. It should cause you to smile or feel calm. It'll bring your thoughts back in line. So that is something you can do. So remember, make a list, keep it with you. And you know what? Don't set unrealistic expectations. If you, your house is cluttered right now and you want to clean it up, that's great. One, you can ask for help. Dr. Mo mentioned don't wait for help too long. You know, don't wait to ask for help. But you know what? Help is also getting a cleaning person to come in. Help is also asking a friend or family, hey, can you just help me get this organized? You don't have to do the whole house in one day. You can start with one room. You can start with one shelf, one kitchen shelf. Organize that one shelf. The next day, organize the next shelf. The next day, the next shelf. Same thing with the clothes. One pile of clothes first, then the next pile of clothes. Next thing you know, within a couple weeks, maybe even a month, your house will be back in order. So don't set an expectation. I'm going to clean the whole thing today because that is a lot of anxiety right there. So be realistic in your expectation. And it is okay if you do one thing at a time and ask for help. And guess what? Overall, it all does not have to be figured out today. You don't have to figure every single thing out today. One thing at a time, okay? One thing at a time. 
tackle one thing at a time, work on it, and then you work on the next. Okay, so I hope that is definitely helpful uh, to you today. Dr. Mo, anything else about anxiety or what we can do about anything you can think of? No. Okay. All right. So listen, Dr. Mo and I have shared some things with you to hopefully help you today about anxiety, right? And we want to listen. listen. Stop beating yourself up. Many times anxiety goes with depression because we're depressed because we're suffering from anxiety or we're anxious about us being depressed, right? So here's the thing. Take a pause. You're not inferior. It's okay. Just we're going to get you some help to organize those thoughts. Many times you're comparing yourself, but here's what I want to tell you. You think that other people, well, they're so normal. They can handle things without getting anxious. Well, that's what you think, but that's not what you know. You don't actually know everyone that is suffering from anxiety, maybe just like you. Last time I checked, there are not too many people wearing a t-shirt every single day saying, hey, I suffer from anxiety. You don't see that too often. So don't assume there are more, many more people that are suffering from anxiety than you know about. So I want to thank you for tuning into the Healing Podcast today. Before you go, I want to just leave you with go something, you know, to carry on with your day, to get you, you know, going. And that is go easy on yourself. Whatever you do today, let it be enough. Okay. That is by unknown, but that is from a website called butfirstjoy.com, butfirstjoy.com. They have a lot of encouraging quotes about anxiety. So if you want to look at some things to kind of help you with your anxiety, maybe you can go to that website as well and check them out. So we want to thank you for tuning into the Healing Podcast. Talk to you soon.